Hello, this is Leslie Garfield Tenzer, and this is Law to Fact. Today, a re release Model Penal Code's Level of Intent. Hi everybody, I am re-releasing a YouTube video I did actually that discusses the different levels of intent for the model penal code. When I was teaching criminal law, I found this one of the most difficult concepts to teach and one of the hardest for students to grasp. What is the difference between knowledge and recklessness? It's a little bit of a sliding scale. So I wanted to re-release this, especially for those of you studying criminal law right now. It is timely. I'm re-releasing this accompanied with Professor Humbach's discussion of the theories of criminal law because I think it's important also to get some substance out there. The only thing I ask of you is to disregard a little bit of the high pitch in my voice. Um, I have worked on my radio voice since starting Lot of Fact. While I have you on, thank you again. Thanks, Andy D. from California for the great shout-out. And thanks to all of you who continue to subscribe and rate us. Those of you who haven't, again, this is free. And all I ask is that you take a few seconds and give us some feedback. And also subscribe to us and like us. It really, really makes a difference. If you're listening to Lot of Fact, chances are at some point you'll be taking the bar exam. Well, getting ready for the bar exam means you'll need to choose the study program that's right for you. Kaplan Bar Review will get you ready to take on test day with confidence by offering $100 off live and on-demand bar review with offer code LESLIE100. Visit www.kaplanbarreview.com today to sign up. And here's my discussion of the four levels of the Model Penal Code. Negligence, recklessness, knowledge, and purpose. In the 1950s, a young married man named Mr. Cunningham lived in a two-family house. He lived with his wife on one side and his mother-in-law on the other. The families got their heat from a gas meter, which was in the basement. They would put money in the meter, and as much money as they put in would dictate how much heat they got. Well, I guess Mr. Cunningham was tired of living with his mother-in-law because he hatched a plan, and the plan included taking the meter off the wall so that he could collect the money. On the day that he decided to do this, Mr. Cunningham successfully removed the meter, but he wasn't successful in getting away. In fact, when he took the meter off the wall, the heat rose, and it caused Mrs. Wade, a woman visiting his mother-in-law, to breathe in noxious fumes. The prosecution charged Mr. Cunningham with causing another to breathe noxious fumes. But the issue is not whether he caused her to breathe noxious fumes, but whether he had the intent to do so. And in order to decide which intent should apply, the court looked to the model penal code, a statutory model which most states adopt in some part, in deciding what level of intent. And the model penal code is great because what the model penal code does is it divides intent into four neat categories, purposefully, knowingly, recklessly, or negligently. Purposely means it's one's conscious objective to do that thing. So if I see someone across the way and I want to kill them and I pull out my gun and shoot, I'm acting purposely because it was my conscious objective to shoot and kill them. Knowingly is the next level of intent. Knowingly means acting with substantial certainty that the harm may result, but it's not necessarily the actor's conscious objective to do the harm. For example, if I shoot a gun into a circus tent, I may not necessarily want anyone to die, but I'm pretty darn certain somebody will. Recklessly is the third level of intent. 
An actor acts recklessly when she is aware of a gross and substantial risk of harm. It's a risk that an ordinary person would be aware of, and it has to be quite high. For example, if I go texting and driving, I'm pretty sure that by texting, it could cause harm. That would be an example of recklessly. And the fourth level of intent is negligently. In negligently, I may not have personal awareness, but a reasonable person would have awareness under the circumstances that a gross and unsubstantial type of harm could happen. An example of negligent might be if I'm driving and engaged in a heated argument with my passenger. I'm talking to him or her, and I'm unaware that the light turns red, and I drive through it, causing an accident. In that particular instance, I didn't have personal awareness of what I was doing, but a reasonable person would have had awareness under the circumstances. To look at them in context, consider this. The difference between purposely and knowingly is that in purposely, it's the actor's intent to cause the harm. Whereas in knowingly, the actor doesn't intend to cause the harm, but the actor's pretty darn certain that harm will result. The difference between knowingly and recklessly is a matter of degree. With knowingly, the actor is substantially certain that the harm could result. No real number, but let's say 90%. Whereas in recklessly, the actor is aware of a risk that the harm could result, less than 90. And the difference between recklessly and negligently is that in recklessly, the actor has personal awareness of the consequences of the harm, whereas in negligence, the actor does not have personal awareness, but a reasonable person would have that awareness. So let's apply these four levels of intent to Mr. Cunningham. If Mr. Cunningham pulled the meter off the wall with the goal of causing Mrs. Wade to breathe the noxious fumes, we would say he acted purposely. If instead Mr. Cunningham pulled the meter off the wall with the goal of keeping the money, but pretty certain that Mrs. Wade was upstairs and pretty certain that Mrs. Wade was going to breathe the fumes and become sick by them, then we would say that Mr. Cunningham's intent was knowingly. If instead Mr. Cunningham pulled off the meter, aware that there was a chance that Mrs. Wade or someone was home, aware that there was a chance that the gas would leak, and aware of the chance that someone would breathe in that gas and become If instead, Mr. Cunningham pulled off the meter, aware that there was a chance that Mrs. Wade or someone was home, aware that there was a chance that the gas would leak, and aware of the chance that someone would breathe in that gas and become sick from the fumes, then we would say that Mr. Cunningham acted recklessly. If instead, when Mr. Cunningham pulled the meter off the wall, he had no understanding of the consequences. He didn't know the gas would rise, but a reasonable person understood that the gas could rise and cause someone to be sick, then we would say that Mr. Cunningham acted negligently. So what happened to Mr. Cunningham? Well, the court decided that the proper level of intent for that particular statute was recklessness. That meant Mr. Cunningham was responsible if a jury found that he was aware of a gross and substantial risk of harm to somebody breathing those noxious fumes. Well, what happened to Mr. Cunningham? In fact, the jury found he was aware of a substantial risk of harm that somebody would have breathed those fumes, in this case, Mrs. Wade. So what happened really to Mr. Cunningham? Guilty.
Okay, folks, let's get started. Welcome to this evening edition of Criminal Law uh, Video Topics. We're going to be talking about mistake of fact. It's an ancient and maddening In the 1950s, a young married man named Mr. Cunningham lived in a two-family house. He lived with his wife on one side and his mother-in-law on the other. The families got their heat from a gas meter, which was in the basement. They would put money in the meter, and as much money as they put in would dictate how much heat they got. Well, I guess Mr. Cunningham was tired of living with his mother-in-law because he hatched a plan, and the plan included taking the meter off the wall so that he could collect the money. On the day that he decided to do this, Mr. Cunningham successfully removed the meter, but he wasn't successful in getting away. In fact, when he took the meter off the wall, the heat rose, and it caused Mrs. Wade, a woman visiting his mother-in-law, to breathe in noxious fumes. The prosecution charged Mr. Cunningham with causing another to breathe noxious fumes. But the issue is not whether he caused her to breathe noxious fumes, but whether he had the intent to do so. And in order to decide which intent should apply, the court looked to the model penal code, a statutory model which most states adopt in some part, in deciding what level of intent. And the model penal code is great because what the model penal code does is it divides intent into four neat categories. Purposefully, knowingly, recklessly, or negligently. Purposely means it's one's conscious objective to do that thing. So if I see someone across the way and I want to kill them and I pull out my gun and shoot, I'm acting purposely because it was my conscious objective to shoot and kill them. Knowingly is the next level of intent. Knowingly means acting with substantial certainty that the harm may result, but it's not necessarily the actor's conscious objective to do the harm. For example, if I shoot a gun into a circus tent, I may not necessarily want anyone to die, but I'm pretty darn certain somebody will. Recklessly is the third level of intent. An actor acts recklessly when she is aware of a gross and substantial risk of harm. It's a risk that an ordinary person would be aware of, and it has to be quite high. For example, if I go texting and driving, I'm pretty sure that by texting, it could cause harm. That would be an example of recklessly. And the fourth level of intent is negligently. In negligently, I may not have personal awareness, but a reasonable person would have awareness under the circumstances that a gross and unsubstantial type of harm could happen. An example of negligent might be if I'm driving and engaged in a heated argument with my passenger. I'm talking to him or her, and I'm unaware that the light turns red, and I drive through it, causing an accident. In that particular instance, I didn't have personal awareness of what I was doing, but a reasonable person would have had awareness under the circumstances. To look at them in context, consider this. The difference between purposely and knowingly is that in purposely, it's the actor's intent to cause the harm. Whereas in knowingly, the actor doesn't intend to cause the harm, but the actor's pretty darn certain that harm will result. The difference between knowingly and recklessly is a matter of degree. With knowingly, the actor is substantially certain that the harm could result. No real number, but let's say 90%. Whereas in recklessly, the actor is aware of a risk that the harm could result, less than 90. And the difference between recklessly and negligently is that in recklessly, the actor has personal awareness of the consequences of the harm, whereas in negligence, the actor does not have personal awareness, but a reasonable person would have that awareness. So let's apply these four levels of intent to Mr. Cunningham. If Mr. Cunningham pulled the meter off the wall with the goal of causing Mrs. Wade to breathe the noxious fumes, 
we would say he acted purposely. If instead Mr. Cunningham pulled the meter off the wall with the goal of keeping the money, but pretty certain that Mrs. Wade was upstairs and pretty certain that Mrs. Wade was going to breathe the fumes and become sick by them, then we would say that Mr. Cunningham's intent was knowingly. If instead Mr. Cunningham pulled off the meter, aware that there was a chance that Mrs. Wade or someone was home, aware that there was a chance that the gas would leak, and aware of the chance that someone would breathe in that gas and become sick from the fumes, then we would say that Mr. Cunningham acted recklessly. If instead, when Mr. Cunningham pulled the meter off the wall, he had no understanding of the consequences. He didn't know the gas would rise, but a reasonable person understood that the gas could rise and cause someone to be sick. Then we would say that Mr. Cunningham acted negligently. So what happened to Mr. Cunningham? Well, the court decided that the proper level of intent for that particular statute was recklessness. That meant Mr. Cunningham was responsible if a jury found that he was aware of a gross and substantial risk of harm to somebody breathing those noxious fumes. Well, what happened to Mr. Cunningham? In fact, the jury found he was aware of a substantial risk of harm that somebody would have breathed those fumes, in this case, Mrs. Wade. So what happened really to Mr. Cunningham? Guilty. So there you have it, the four levels of intent. Hope you enjoyed this and found this helpful. Once again, we would appreciate it if you would like us, retweet us, anything you can do on social media, and again, rate us on the platform on which you listen to us. Feedback's always welcome. Love to hear the topics that you'd like us to talk about or the professors with whom you'd like us to speak. Once again, a reminder that Kaplan Bar Review is offering you $100 off their live and on-demand bar review program. Just use Leslie 100 as your code when you sign on at www.kaplanbarreview. Final reminder, this and all of our podcasts are available at www.lawtofact.com. Have a great day.